When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to episode 141 of McChesney Unchained, coming to you from thundnvr.com. So make sure you go on the website and download uh, all the amazing content. Download the show, obviously. You can find it on all of the uh, Apple platforms and anywhere you find your podcast as well. But thednvr.com will give you access to all the amazing content at DNVR, all the hosts, all the shows. Uh, and right now, with Denver sports rolling the way they are, uh, and all the intrigue around the Broncos and how good the Avs are and the Nuggets and Jokic dropping triple doubles. Um, you know, it's never a better time to get on the dnvr.com and check it all out. Get down to the bar and support everything. Uh, the bar's off of Colfax downtown. It's a pretty kick-ass spot. So, like I said, I'm Matt McChesney, and this is episode 141 of McChesney Unchained, and we roll as usual. Uh, Morgan Fox is going to be our guest today. Morgan uh, is now in his sixth year in the NFL, if I remember correctly. Just signed a huge contract with Carolina Panthers last year, uh, a Fountain Fort Carson uh, uh, project uh, and, and player out of the Colorado Springs area down here. Dad's a military dude. Uh, and, and Mo is, is you know, an undrafted kid that was undervalued coming out of high school and undervalued coming out of college. And he could always ball and he was always the best defensive player on the field. Uh, and he's worked himself into one hell of a pro, uh, as I knew he would. I've uh, been Dungeon Family for a long time, so I'm excited to have my man Morgan Fox on the show today, uh, proud CSU Pueblo Thunderwolf. Uh, and consequently, we've got like six more guys uh, headed down to CSU Pueblo this year. So Coach Riston, once again, is uh, is cleaning up, to say the least. Uh, so <clears throat> let's dive into this and see where we're at. Um, right off the bat here, okay, uh, we're going to talk about – you know, college football and NIL and things of that nature. All right. So I, yesterday I was interviewed by my girl, Romy Bean. Uh, she came down from CBS and she's going to be uh, putting that show out tonight uh, at 6 PM. You can go and watch it on CBS or record it on your DVR. And all we talk about is name, image, and likeness and how these college kids are going to get paid and how Colorado and Colorado state, can compete uh, with the with the big dogs, you know, on a national landscape when it comes to this. And, you know, it, it, I'm very excited about the interview. I'm excited to watch it and see how it looks. Uh, other than being ugly on TV, that's the only concern. <laughs> uh, but just yesterday, the Buffs came out with the Buffs NIL Exchange. You can go to cubuffs.com. 
com slash exchange and it'll give you all the direction on how to go essentially donate uh it's a tax write-off apparently and you can donate to the nil slush fund uh, which in turn will go and pay the college football players from a recruiting standpoint and from an in-house standpoint keeping the quality players there and then allowing us to go recruit on a national level uh by paying the players that's what this is so it's no longer college football recruiting it is now college football free agency uh, from the transfer portal perspective, from the grad transfer perspective, and from the recruiting perspective. Um, I know that it's been a, a very contentious point, to say the least. There's been a lot of guys affected by it in the room this year, just the effect of college football programs holding their scholarships rather than using the maximum on high school guys like they have in the past. They're holding scholarships for transfer portal guys. And look, I understand why you're doing it. There's new guys going in the portal every day. And if you can get a grown-ass man that's played college football already and maybe he's graduated or so or something of that nature, um, that's probably an upgrade over a snot-nosed college or high school kid that is just getting into college and trying to figure it out. Now, you know, I'm looking at it from the perspective of business is business. Like, everybody's going to be making money now and the college players have the opportunity and the high school players even have the opportunity to make the kind of money that they can uh, with this name, image, and likeness. It kind of forces everybody to act like a professional, which forces them to do things correctly at a younger age. It forces maturity or you're gone. So it's very, uh, I think it's, it's a very good thing for college football to force guys to grow up. But at the same time, it's, it's also going to limit opportunities, which, makes an environment that's already super difficult to crack into even harder to crack into. So, you know, it, it's, it makes the little things and the details paramount. And, and honestly, that's the way it should be, man. This is, this is football and it's not friend ball. So I'd like to think that this is going to be a good thing for everyone involved. The name image and likeness stuff uh, doesn't need to be a negative for the schools that are perceived you know, the second tier of, of power five and then group of five, they don't need to become feeder programs for the big dogs. That doesn't mean they won't, but they don't need to be. So this levels the playing field. If you have deep pockets and you can't tell me that people and alumnus of Boulder uh, and the university of Colorado don't have deep pockets, you know, damn well they do. So the, the donors have got to put their money where their mouth is in this regard and go out and put, you know, money into the NIL fund, trust that the third party that's in control of all this movement with the, with the financials is going to do their job and then allow them to go out and recruit on a national level and pay these elite players to come to Boulder and turn the ship around and start fucking printing money in Boulder again, because the more money that you spend in a productive manner, the more money you will make in a productive manner. So just keep that in mind as we talk about NIL deals and paying college football players. And I know there's a lot of people that are, you know, kind of wishing that it was the past and it, this wasn't happening, but I'm glad it's happening. I think it's very good for the sport. So the amateur aspect of college football is a fucking joke. Anyway, you can't tell me that that actually is a real thing. So I'm just saying uh, yesterday I actually did, and I'm going to start doing this again uh, every week, the armchair, 
uh, Donkeys podcast with my boy Bobby, Bobby Custabeno and Bo Williams. Uh, you can go to armchairdonkeys.com uh, and check that out. It's on YouTube. Uh, the, the the YouTube videos up. You can check that out at Armchair Donkeys and then follow it at Armchair Donkeys on Twitter and Instagram. And we were talking about betting lines and the 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 games this weekend in the NFL and whatnot. And before we bring Morgan Fox on here, I just want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, all the games are relatively close. All the numbers are really close this weekend uh, when you're looking at betting lines. But I, before we, I'm going to talk to him about all these games at length, but I, I think that these games this weekend are very, uh, very even in every regard. I really do. I think Cincinnati and Tennessee are, are very evenly matched. Green Bay and San Francisco, no one in Green Bay wanted to see the 49ers coming to town. Uh, I, I really think that the Buffalo-Kansas City game is going to be one of the best shootouts in NFL history. And then consequently, I think the L.A.-Tampa Bay game is going to be a, another great shootout, one of the best in NFL history. So I'm very eager to see what Fox uh, has to say about these games. Uh, but when, when you're talking about all these shootouts and all these great games this weekend, I go full circle to the Broncos head coaching search. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because it's all speculation, but there's really two names for me right now. I know Dan Quinn is very popular and everybody wants him to be the coach or at least a lot of people that I've heard on, on talk radio and talk to in the industry. Um, I do not want him to be the head coach. Uh, he can go somewhere else. I'm not looking for another defensive minded head coach who's a retread. Um, I either want Kevin O'Connell, the young offensive mind, offensive coordinator for the Rams that I know he doesn't, called the, the plays for LA, but he does script the first 15 and McVay has a lot of trust in him. Very highly regarded in the NFL as an offensive mind really relates to the players. Well, which is a, a huge aspect of this. Obviously I'm going to, I'm going to talk to to Morgan about, you know, the, the importance of the young coach and relating to your players, or is it just go do your job and whoever your coach is, your coach is. Uh, and then Eric, the enemy. And I know I'm a homer on the EB front, but I, I really think that EB is due for a job. He doesn't get enough credit for the work he does there in Kansas City, not only running the offense, but how much he's learned from Andy Reid, how much he's learned about quarterback play from watching Mahomes and also coaching him. Uh, he's, you know, he's got a lot of experience and a lot of really good coaches around him and a lot of great players, Hall of Famers everywhere. Uh, and he's always in big games. When he was in high school, he was in big games. When he played in college, he was in big games. And now as a coach, you know, he's in the Super Bowl every year and winning Super Bowl titles. So that's the kind of atmosphere that we're trying to replicate here in Denver again. Uh, and, and I just think that bringing EB back to Denver would be I – I don't understand the knock on Eric Bieniemy. He doesn't interview well. I mean, I, I'm not looking for a professional interviewer. I'm looking for – a badass head football coach that can, you know, come in here and change the way things are done uh, at the basement level and have the respect of his players and his peers or the other coaches in the room. Uh, and he damn sure has that. He's been through the ringer. He's done everything he has to do to put himself in position to be a head coach in the National Football League. And I, I just think it's a no-brainer uh, when you're talking about you know, how good EB could be. I, I think he could be absolutely phenomenal when you're talking about uh, being able to relate to the players, the offensive creativity and everything he's learned under Andy Reid and having a guy like Mahomes. I think it will attract 
uh, free agents to Denver, where I think Kevin O'Connell is a, is a good hire. I have no doubt that he can step in and do the job. But I think EB will, you know, making that hire, I think it will excite free agents and excite guys in the NFL. They want to come to Denver to play for a guy like Eric Bieniemy because he, that's what he, he attracts. The alphas usually attract other alphas. So I, it's not that I want Kansas City to win or lose, but I'm very interested to see what kind of offensive scheme and production they come out with this weekend. If you look at that Buffalo Kansas City game, both teams were just electric in their opener uh, and just blew the doors off their competition and very effective. Kansas City had five straight touchdown drives. Buffalo didn't have a, a drive that didn't end in a touchdown until they took a knee at the end of the game in the victory formation. So when you're looking at, and on the other side of the fence with Brian Dable, he's not getting a lot of love as a head coach because. The same thing that the enemy has. He's a little rough around the edges and he's a hard ass. So that somehow is like it, it turns some of the more. I'm not going to say. Yeah, I'll just say it. some of the softer environments. It turns those general managers off a little bit. I don't know if they necessarily want somebody that's going to go in there and challenge them every day. Uh, if, if and, and that would be a huge red flag for me if I'm an owner. Like I, I want my coach, my general manager, not necessarily to get along. But to be constantly challenging each other from a constructive standpoint to get the best players in the room, uh, you know, to to win fucking football games. I mean, what are we talking about here? So it, it's this entire coaching search is extremely intriguing, in my opinion, because there's so many candidates, man. I've never seen number one. It usually doesn't take this long. And then number two, there's just a ton of candidates. So we're going to talk about this. Uh, a little bit more here as we go. Hey, uh, Foxy, put your video on. As we bring on my guy Morgan Fox here to uh, episode 141 of McChesney Unchained. There he is. There's the big guy. My man Morgan Fox joins us here on episode 141 McChesney Unchained. Uh, Mo, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. I'm glad you could make the show this morning. Um, how's life? I mean, if you tell me, brother, how the hell are we doing? Morgan Fox joins us. McJesse Unchained, episode 141. What's up? What's going on, boss? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Just so good, you know. We've been talking all morning about NIL deals and, and college football players being taken care of now and the era that we played in is way different than the era they're playing in right now. And, you know, you're a Colorado state Pueblo guy. You played in big time games down there. You helped put that program on the map. Uh, you and Ryan Jensen, you know, two guys in the NFL that have made it into second contracts and are living the dream. What advice would you give all these high school players going into college now on just the difference between what they, we had to experience and how professional they need to be now in order to really, truly monetize themselves. Uh, you definitely have to be super professional now. You know, everyone, everything's being watched. You know, your social media is being watched. You can't get away with the crazy stuff people used to say on social media back, like even when, you know, I was getting into college when it was still kind of in its infancy. So you have to watch what you say. You have to watch what you do because everyone's got a camera now. And, you know, these these high school kids coming out have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, 50,000 yeah. followers, some of them even millions. So 
they know who you are now. If you're out in a different city partying, you're out doing something dumb, you know, anything you do is going to be a cut on camera. So, and if you're look, a kid looking to try to grab a big NIL deal or any kind of deal at all, you know, a company sees that and goes, am I going to put my brand to that brand? You know, your, is your brand out in the streets? And when the camera's not on, what we want to attach ourselves to. So I think there's almost more pressure on these kids now to kind of act right when no one's watching, almost not be kids, you know, because there's a lot of dumb stuff we all did when we were kids, just goofing off, having fun. You can't get away with anymore. You know, you get caught doing anything, you know, that most high school kids are doing, you know, you know, you could be in a lot of trouble. You got to make, you know, big statements, public apologies for things. Sometimes that might be you just being out being dumb. And, and being a dumbass high school kid, and trust me, yeah. I, I was a dumbass high school kid. You were a dumbass high school kid. There's dumbass high school kids everywhere. And, and it's really forcing that maturity early, which is a really good thing, but also can lead to a lot of mental health issues down the road and things of that nature. So it, it's a it's a massive conversation that definitely needs to be had. I'm glad you brought up brand. I'm my own brand here at Six Zero Academy. You know that. You're your own brand. I mean, talk about your brand and, and how people can go on and, and buy the shirts and, and things of that nature, too. But just the importance of both of us making, you know, a business of our names and ourselves. Give a little bit of advice on that road to, to a bunch of these guys going down the same path. We got we got seven more guys going to Pueblo this year out of this facility. And then awesome. God knows how many more down going all over the place. What advice can you give to those guys on, on just how to really monetize their brand? You know, you have to, you have to do something that's when people see something or think of something, you know, hear something they think of you as a person, you know, when people hear six zero, see the number 60, they think of Matt McChesney, especially, you know, in that Colorado, you know, area. So, you know, that's even like, you know, coming up with my logo, I had one of my friends do it, you know, my girlfriend helped me with it. And, it's something that, you know, if you go somewhere and you slap that sticker, that logo, whatever you want on a brochure or something, people go, oh, that's that's Morgan Fox. That's yep. this guy. That's that guy. And you always want something positive to be associated with it, whether you're affecting your community positively, whether your name is just positive in that conversation. You know, people know like, OK, hey, this is he's a cool guy. He's always good to the kids when they're around, you know, never had any issues off the field, on the field. And then when you kind of do stuff and just be be a good person to everyone you know be out in the city if you're out in the city in a big college town you know you know Pueblo is a town that sometimes high school football is bigger than the college you know they love you know the cannon game everything down there all those big games but you're nice to people in the community they're still gonna you know oh hey I know that guy you know he goes he's a kid in the community but you're at these big schools you know the CUs the big power five schools and you're good to people in the area they're always going to be good to you And that's where, you know, how we were talking earlier, those NIL deals and everything comes in and you never know who knows somebody. So your brand goes to a different guy and, hey, you know, this kid, you know, we want to do a camp. We want to do something with this kid, you know, once he's done with college and he's going to be a kid in the league. Okay, let's slap his sticker on this and we'll pay him X amount of money or, hey, we'll have this relationship when he gets out. So even if football doesn't work out, you got a job coming up just because of your brand and what your brand represents. So you're. You know, people, you know, once football is over, whether that's in X amount of years, you know, people see my brand, they could be like, okay, you know, we like what you do with your brand. You'll come work with us, do some work with us here. Okay, cool. That's, I have a landing pad now just off of developing relationships and people liking what my brand represents and what it's done off the field as well as, you know, on the field. Man, spitting fire here on episode up 
uh, 141 and McChesney Unchained as we roll. My man Morgan Fox joining us. Uh, remember, you can follow Morgan on Instagram at m.d.fox007 and then on Twitter at IEMOFOX. <laughs> uh, now, look, you played with the Rams for a long time, right next to Aaron Donald and then Brockers, and you guys were a dominant front when you were there and in the playoffs every year. Uh, you signed a huge deal with Carolina. You moved down. You and Reddick and them boys had a great year this this year up front, uh, pressuring the pressuring the passer. Um, talk about just specifically ninety nine and what you <laughs> learned what you learned from that freak animal down there in L A. and then what what you've taken with you, uh, you know, and uh, in your career down in Carolina as it broke off. Uh, where to start? I mean, you definitely learn as a young player how to work from him. You know, he's one of those dudes that, you know, is handcrafted by the big man up top to play three technique in the NFL. You know, like Animal. there's no doubt about it, but his work ethic is insane. I mean, I don't think I've ever met somebody who works harder, studies harder. I mean, the guy's in the building an hour before work starts and he leaves an hour later, you know, watching film by himself, breaking it down, you know, trying to talk to him and you talk to him about anything. It's not just what he knows in the pass rush game. It's okay, well, this formation is giving you, you know, a duo look. This is what I'm going to do to this block because I know I can take my chances. You know, I can do this here. I can do this there. And you kind of sit down and talk to him. You learn how to be a pro, you know, especially from him, like your work ethic and everything like that. And then he's also like a, a reservoir of knowledge that is always available. Like he's one of those guys that if you just ask a question to, he'll know your skill set enough to be like, well, you could do it this way. So, and that's really what helped me down there, you know, besides, you know, the other guys that I was around, I always tell young guys when they get in this business is be Frankenstein. Don't try to be, don't try to be 99. Don't try to be, you know, a Chandler Jones or a Vaughn Miller. These guys take are super special, but, but take a piece and create right. yourself, you know, create your own monster out of it because those guys are them for a reason. So a guy like AD, I was able to, okay, well, this is what he does really well. You know, he's what, do I mean, obviously, there's nothing I do similar to him. But what do we do that's kind of in the same realm body type-wise? Like, okay, we're both quicker three techniques. So how can I use some of the things he does to get better? And you take that from him, and you look at a guy like Brock, it's like, okay, well, we both play four techniques. So how can I kind of finesse this to play it the same way he does? Okay, cool. And then, you know, Greg Gaines, you know, Sebastian, uh, you know, Joseph Day, those guys down there, like, okay, you know, they play at nose. Like, if I get stuck in this situation at nose, how do I play it this way? So you kind of tap into all those guys and then you have a guy like 99 that you can, can put it all together, you know, work on your hands and be a technician. And then you kind of just take that worth work ethic wherever you go. I mean, that's the biggest thing I, I could have brought, you know, showing up early for practice, doing some extra stuff on the post mount, doing extra hand work, extra run fit work, looking at analyzing my game, you know, from the week prior and being like, okay, this is what I struggled with. This is where I got beat this is how I'm going to fix it and going and doing, you know, 10, 20 minutes of extra work a day because you only have a finite number of, of practices and minutes of practice. And you got a lot of you know, game plan stuff. You got to get in certain technical stuff you have to get in. So a lot of times being a pro, you got to do it by yourself. And that's definitely something I learned from, from 99. And I tried to bring over here. I love that you brought up work ethic. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody that chases the ball as hard as you do in the NFL. I know it's something you pride yourself on. I, I remember distinctly just watching your film coming out of Pueblo, talking to talking to Risto and the coaches down there about your work ethic and how hard you played. And then 
the time that we put in getting ready for the NFL and constantly harping on that. And it's just watching it resonate and, and how hard you play every Sunday. I think that that's really something that's not talked about enough in the NFL on the difference between what separates some guys from others is just the basic instinct to chase and run and actually do it full speed every time, regardless of if you're going to get there or not, because you, you don't know when the ball is going to bounce your way. So I, I bring this full circle to the next question. You're in the division with Ryan Jensen. Okay. And I, the two games this year where you got Tampa and Carolina played, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I mean, it, it was, I was like a little kid in a candy store watching you guys battle. You're both mentally built very similar, extremely aggressive, play hard as hell. Don't give this guy any shit or he's going to put you on the ground. He's probably going to put you on the ground anyway, so you better give him some shit. And, you know, and, and you're, you're coming from extremely, you know, blue-collar work ethic, Fountain Fort Carson, Fort Morgan, you know, blue-collar white boys from Colorado, right? When you're down there in the trench playing against one of your boys, explain that to everybody out there because, you know, it, it's it's hard to – try and equate that to folks out there in the real world that are, you got friends at work. Well, our, our friends at work, we're trying to decapitate each other. So just talk about that relationship a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, we knew each other from college and I've actually, I think I've played Jensen probably three out of the last five years. Look at know, that. So we, we always, somehow we always end up playing each other and he, uh, you know, we have, we have a pretty good working relationship down there, but like you said, you're, you're definitely always trying to, you're trying to make a play and you're in probably the most physical spot on the field consistently. And it's a spot that, I mean, no matter what you do, if you don't go hard, you're going to put yourself in peril, you know, not, not only getting mauled on tape or dumped on your back, but you can get yourself hurt. You can get somebody else hurt. So it's that understanding of like, yeah, I mean, we're trying to take each other's heads off, but we can still be cool about it after the game. You know, it's it's a fist fight in the trench, but in the same breath, it's like, you know, if I don't do my job and I don't try to knock him back, and put him in the backfield, he's going to try to do it to me. And if I get dumped on someone's leg or I get dumped on something, you know, that's on me. You know, that's on me trying to be like, oh, I don't want to hit my – like, no, they're, you know, I'm, I got teammates that I got to protect and I got a job to do at the end of the day. You know, we get paid a lot of money to do a job. And if you don't do it because you're, you know, oh, it's my boy, I don't want to hit him, then you're going to be looking for a job really soon. I always tried to go harder against my friends, I'm not going to lie. Just so I got it's always fun. Talk. Yeah, it's always the yeah. best. All right, so let's get into these games this weekend, uh, and then we'll get you out of here on episode uh, 141, McChesney Unchained. Uh, check it out at thednbr.com. We'll be posting this and putting it out on social media later today. Um, first game, all right, Buffalo, Kansas City. We're not going to go in the order of the games. We're just going to talk about all four of them. I think that these two teams are going to score pretty much every time they get the ball. I mean, that, that they are electric. At the same time, every offense has got a weakness, and there's a way to stop everyone. So give me your thoughts on these on, on Buffalo and Kansas City from, from the perspective of I'm the three technique and I got to deal with Mahomes and Allen. Uh, I mean, so the biggest problem with both of them is you know they both can run. I mean, that's as a pass rusher, especially against two teams that r- throw the ball a lot. I mean, you know, going into the NFL, you know, when you do your breakdowns, most teams, you're, you know, 50-50. If they can run it, they're going to run it. Uh, you know, they might not start the game throwing. Both these teams are coming out guns blazing. You know that. It's it's a shootout from the start. You know, it's it's all the smoke from from the beginning. 
So you have to understand that both these quarterbacks are th- threats with their legs. So you can't get high on your pass rushes. You can't open up a, you know, a gap escape lanes, B gap escape lanes. And with both these guys, they can really get on the edges of the pocket. So if your edge rushers aren't setting a good edge and being able to get outside and suffocate in the pocket, you're expected to try to make plays on guys that can outrun just about everyone on the field. And Josh Allen's not a little quarterback, neither is Mahomes. So that's something you definitely have to worry about as a, you know, a D lineman and then getting the ball out when you can, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you said where these teams are going to score. You need to try to steal a possession. So if you can get back there, you, you get a chance to get back there and get your hands on the quarterback, get the ball out, put the quarterback on the ground. And even if you don't get the ball out, you got to put shots on, you got to make them feel the pressure, feel you guys in the pocket because that's going to wear over time, you know, start getting in their feet, put chaos at their feet. So they don't, they can't sit and throw. They don't feel comfortable in the pocket. And it's if whatever team can steal that one possession, I think is going to be a team that's going to pull that game out. Because both their defenses, if you look at them, are playing lights out right now. You know, the Chiefs defense has been playing great. Bills defense has been playing great. Chiefs pass rush is nuts. I mean, you got Frank Clark, you got Chris Jones, you got all these other guys that rotate on the inside that can rush. Their DBs can blitz. Their linebackers are playing great. You know, it's 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 tough to, to stop a team that's playing with momentum, but in the same breath, the Bills' defense is taking a lot of pride in what they've been doing. I mean, if you watch their last couple of games, they've been suffocating teams. Yeah, so I been, think it's going to be on one. who – I don't think who makes a mistake first is who forces a mistake first. I think it's going to be whatever team pulls that one out. Yeah, it might be the game of the weekend as well with both offenses being as effective as they were last week walking into this game super confident. So that, that's And it's two teams a- that – don't care about the cold. And I, I didn't oh, mean to cut you off shit. there, but, yeah. but both teams do not care about the cold. So trying to put – unless it's super windy and the ball's going to get blown left and right, I mean, they, they're playing their game in the cold. And it's going to be a really fun game. Buffalo went to Kansas City this year and beat them, so you know the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs are looking at the playoffs like, look, man, Cincinnati beat us and Tennessee beat us and fucking Buffalo beat us, and those are the three teams left in the AFC playoffs that we've got to play. So they've got to – They've got a payback aspect. I know that's not a huge part of, uh, of motivation as everybody's a professional, but every single one of us thinks like that. Like, I'm not going to lose these fuckers again uh, the next time we get an opportunity to play them. So I, I can't wait to watch that one. Let's go to the NFC side and a game that's going to be absolutely freezing, which I dig. I love games like this. You played there last year when the Rams went to Green Bay. San Francisco goes to Green Bay. It's going to be four degrees with 20-mile-an-hour wind. Aaron Rodgers can throw the the wall the ball through a wall, so I'm not really worried about him. Garoppolo, I'm a little bit, I don't know, maybe worried. I, but they can run the ball so well. And being in that division for as long as you were before we get to the Rams, talk about Green Bay and San Francisco and, and how you feel about that game. Oh, I mean, that's a if you're a, a football fan or a football fanatic, you know, a football guy playing in Green Bay in the playoffs is kind of that place that you want to play. You know, like last year Special. when we played there. It was snowing. You're playing in Lambeau in the playoffs. And at the you know point, I kind of realized it. it was a close game. You know, it's cold. Like, that's that's football. You know, that's that's what you think when you think football. So that's when you're a know. kid watching NFL films, you're like, look at that slow motion. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think, I mean, as a football guy, that's just something you always like. But I think playing, you know, it's two offensive minds. You know, I, I played with Coach LaFleur when he was uh, when he was in L.A. and he's a genius. You know, he's, he's done really well with Green Bay. And like you said, Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball through a wall. They have great pieces. Their defense is playing great. Joe Barry's got them playing lights out. Uh, they have great pass rushers up front. But 
San Fran has great pass protectors up front as well. You, know, you got Trent Williams in there, who's you know just an absolute monster. Uh, is that, is he the best front. tackle in football? In my opinion, yes. Yeah, yeah. The best one I've played against personally, yes. And, you know, then you got a team that's so creative that they mess with your eyes. I mean, if your eyes aren't disciplined, if you're not gap sound, even sometimes if you are gap sound, there's nothing you can do. They, they might scheme a play up that you do exactly what you're supposed to do, and then you still get hit for 60 yards because, you know, they're moving this way, that way, mm-hmm. that, you know, they have, everyone's a threat on that on that team. You know, they can throw it to – to Kittle, they can hand it to Debo. You know, they got so many weapons up front. It's a hard team to to play against if you don't force a mistake or you're not disciplined. You know, if you're out of your gap just one, you try to take a chance on one, you get hit for 30 yards. You know, they're such a good reach team, but they're a physical reach team too. So a wide zone doesn't always just feel like your typical wide zone. I mean, it's they're trying to take your head off on a wide zone. So it's one of those teams that, it's it's very tough to play against because you have to be mentally conditioned to play the most disciplined game you've played for 60 minutes. And then up front on their defense, you know, they got nothing but pass rushers. And they play the run really well. They're aggressive. They got great linebackers. Their DBs are playing well. So, you know, up front you have to worry about Bosa. You have to worry about Armstead. You have to worry about, you know, Samson. You got all these guys pushing the pocket. And, and you know, and I'm sure I'm missing some guys that are playing really well. But up front that – both teams just are, are going to be scary. And everyone in Green Bay, when they were watching those games last weekend, were just praying that the Cowboys would win so they didn't have to deal with the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers have had Green Bay's uh, number in the playoffs in, in the last couple of years. This, this is one of those games where it takes me back to my childhood watching you know, these two teams battle it out and Steve Young against Brett Favre in the mud and Lambeau. Uh, I can only imagine what a playoff atmosphere at Lambeau's like. I, I was never lucky enough to, to play there, but I think that San Francisco has every opportunity to go in and win this game, but the greatness of Aaron Rodgers is really what I'm looking forward to watching. It's just how much that guy can overcome uh, being as good as he is. So that, that's another game that I'm super eager to watch. Uh, third game here, Tennessee and Cincinnati, Tennessee is being disrespected as a number one seed. Uh, like I can't remember a num- number one seed being disrespected in the past. The media with a lot of people thinking that, you know, they're the fourth best team in the AFC, yet they beat all these other teams to get the number one seed. Um, and then Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and the youth on that team, they don't even know that they don't know. They're just out fucking playing ball and having a good time. Um, both defenses are extremely opportunistic, not great from a, statistical standpoint but they are they are not afraid to rush the pass or they are not afraid to hit you in the mouth and they're pretty good at creating turnovers um Cincinnati Tennessee what are your thoughts well I think that's gonna be a good one I think it's gonna be one of those deceptively good games this weekend like you know Cincinnati's playing with a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum which you know in this game is huge sometimes you don't even have to be very good you just believe you're good and you're just good old. Yeah, and this team is is good. This Cincinnati team is good. It's well coached. The quarterbacks playing lights out. Receivers playing lights out. Pass rushers are rushing. Defense is playing good. So you know it's a team that's playing with confidence, and that's a scary team. But on the other hand, Tennessee is a very very good football team. And you watch what they've done to other very good football teams, and like you said, it kind of puts you in a like it's kind of crazy they're getting disrespected in the way they are. But it's a team that's defense is playing very well. You know their their offense is playing extremely well. You know, their O-line, it works phenomenal as a unit. Unit They get great push up front. And then their D-line is playing nuts. 
You know, they they rush the passer well. They bring pressure well. Their linebackers are playing great. You know, they they trigger and fill gaps and and stop the run really well. So I think it's a team that, you know, is as good as it's advertised. And I think that it's a team that you got to watch for. But I think this game's gonna be gonna be crazy. You know, the Bengals are definitely gonna test them with you know their plays and definitely trying to go over the top with Jamar Chase and and get after him with Joe Burrow. But I think it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait to watch this game as well. I think it's going to be just a dogfight. Cincinnati's just got something about them. The leadership of that quarterback is real. Uh, They have bought into supporting him. And and, uh, Cincinnati's a team that you got to watch out for in the future for damn sure. Uh, And then I agree with you, man. Tennessee's just physical and they're kind of boring. And I dig it. I mean, they just line up and just smash in the mouth and play good defense and win the game and get the fuck out of here. Uh, I love Rabel's mindset. I, you can tell that his guys love playing for him. Uh, so that that's going to be a great game as well. And lastly, the last game we saved the uh, saved. I think the best game of the weekend for last. Uh, your ex team, the Rams, uh, go to Tampa Bay and play the Goat and Tom Brady uh, and and the Bucks. Uh, huge fucking game. Stars all over the place. Good on good. Pro Bowlers galore. I mean, it, you couldn't ask for anything better if you're the NFL. That's the crown jewel game of the weekend, and that, that's talking about Green Bay and San Francisco, and that that's a great game. There's no bad game this weekend. I'm really excited about mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's going to be an awesome game, uh, you know, especially playing there last year with, you know, the Rams going down there and with the Monday night – I mean, a playoff atmosphere, Monday night atmosphere, Sunday night, I don't remember. But it was nighttime. And going down there in the stadium's nuts. You're playing Tom Brady. You're playing a team that's – Extremely well coached, very talented. You guys beat them up last year too, huh? When you yeah, played them, yeah, game. yeah, we beat them. And uh, so playing them there, and then playing them twice a year here, you know, you have a, another year. You know, Tom Brady in that system for another year. They've got their momentum rolling at the end of the season. You know, they've kind of figured out who they are in the run game. Figured out, you know, playing against Tom Brady. Sometimes you're like, all right, what am I going to do here? And he's, you know, drawing routes on air and <laughs> hitting them, and you're like, okay, this is this is annoying. This is true. But he, uh, you know, it's it's a team that you have to be disciplined against, you know, especially on the back half. Up front, you know, they're a solid O-line, but you also have a really solid pass rushing group coming from from L.A. You know, if, you know, one of the better pass rushing groups in the league is a unit, you know, coming off the edge as far as like being in their gaps, being disciplined in their rush lanes, you always have to account for 99. He's a game breaker. And Vaughn Miller. So, I mean, good God. Vaughn, they have Vaughn you know, and, Leonard and Aaron Donald. I mean, holy God. And then, you know, even even Greg Gaines is rushing well, you know, from the nose. You know, I think he has five or six sacks right now, you know, playing playing great football. So I think that's a team that trench battle is going to be the one to watch. You know, which one can stop the run, which one can run the ball on both sides of the ball. You know, the Rams build a lot of stuff off their run game. And, you know, that wide zone, it all looking the same and then trying to do some other stuff. So, you know, can you stop the run up front and kind of take part of the playbook away on both teams? You know, can you get them out of that play action mindset? Can you get them into just straight drop back passes? And then how well are your DBs going to play? I mean, both teams, you have great wide receivers, great tight ends. You have great DBs. You know, you got you got yeah, Jalen playing lights out. You got Weddle there, who's, you know, a genius, you know, anchoring that back with all those, you know, young players they have that are all playing well. You got D. Will. Like, it's, it's going to be super, super interesting. And then you got the linebackers from Tampa who, you know, are just as fast as most teams' DBs and play sideline to sideline and they trigger, they can rush, they can cover. So it's definitely a game that, you know, like you said, it's a crown jewel of the weekend. And I, I agree with that. 
I can't. I cannot wait to watch this football game. It's one. I think it's going to end up being one of the best uh, playoff football games in NFL history. To be completely honest with you, last thing. Last thing I got you here uh, for you, Morgan. Uh, Morgan Fox joining us on episode one forty one. McChesney Unchained. Um, Denver Broncos looking for a new coach. Okay, there's a lot of talk in the NFL about you know like experience and retread, and do we want a coach that's already had a job? Or do you want one of these young guys that can relate to players a little bit better and is not just there to be the CEO? Uh, how do how do players feel? Like, do they do they want a guy that they can relate to now that's going to be like their buddy and help them through the process? Or do most guys just want to go to work and get paid and do their fucking job and go home? No, I think I think it's like a, a, a weird line. You know, I think guys want they just want to be treated like pros at the end of the day, like being around guys, you know, guys just want to be treated like a pro and like an adult and like a man, you know, I don't, guys don't want to be treated like a college kid or anything like that. And, and don't want to be treated, you know, any, any type of way. So they want to come in and be a pro, you know, and, you know, different coaches have different systems. So I, you know, I don't think it's always good if a coach is your friend, you know, at the end of the day, it's still your boss. I agree. So that's a, that's a tough thing, you know, a, a fine line to tread. You can be cordial and cool, but at the end, you have to have some some kind of respect, you know, there because that is your boss at the end of the day. And if he tells you to do something or he gets on your ass, you you know, you can't get upset about it. That's part of his business. That's your boss, and it's not your friend, you know. But you also want someone that you know you respect, respects you as a man, and that you know at some point after football, if you wanted to go get a beer with, you could go get a beer with. Right. So that's one of those fine lines. But I think when you're in the business, you know, you want someone that's going to make work enjoyable at the end of the day. You want to have it's the best job in the world, and you want to have a blast. Damn straight for so, that. But I think it's it's. But you want a winner. Like I said, there's so many different caveats. You want someone who's been here, knows how to win, and knows how to how to get you. But these young minds, these guys coming up from colleges or coming up from, you know, an OC, a young OC, they might bring something to the team that you know you're like, ah, well, you know, he brings this X factor, or this element that's going to make us winners. You know, he's a phenomenal leader of men. He knows how to build a <laughs> group around them you know so it's one of those weird things where you kind of like it's it's like you're dabbling in so many different variables that you know make a, a great coach and what certain guys want and different players want different things some guys need the structure the discipline you know the the you know the hard coaching some guys need and crave that's you know that belichick style of like you know this is what it is coaching you know, guys that come from that tree, and then you got guys that want the laid-back, lenient style of coaching. You know, so it's definitely weird. And I think that uh, I think that a great coach is a great coach, regardless of where he comes from. You know, if he be, is able to find that fine balance of relating to his players, you know, being able to have a laugh or two with his players, but also like having your players understand, like, you know, I am your boss at the end of the day. You know, and this is a professional environment, and. You know, even though we are cool, if I say something to you, you need to do it. You know, this is not a, uh, you know, this isn't like a, you get to, we get to be cool and then you get to complain about everything we, we make a decision. This is, I'm still the boss here. Amen to that shit. All right, that's it. Episode 141, the Chesney and Wrap. That's my man Morgan Fox joining us here on the show. Thank you so much, Mo, for all you do. Uh, keep killing it down there in Carolina, brother. And when you come back to Denver, let's get together for sure. Uh, everybody, make sure you follow Morgan on Instagram and Twitter and check out his brand. How do they go to the website and check all that out? Uh, you can just click the link in my bio on Instagram or just go to morganfox.com and it'll pop up. Yeah, boom, much. 
All right, my brother. Have a great day and uh, all the best to you and yours. And we will talk soon. Appreciate you, brother. You have a good one. Later, bro. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Episode 141 is rolled and smoked, to say the least. So I am your host, Matt McChesney. Thank you very much for listening. Remember to get down to DNVR uh, Bar and Studio off of Colfax. Make sure you support everything going on down there. So thanks to Adam for all he does uh, on the producer end. And I'm your host, Matt McChesney. We're out of here.